What's up, guys? We're back once again. High Street Freaks, still no intro music. It's kind of our brand at this point. Live with it. Um, I'm here with DJ. I'm here with Ryan. We are uh, don't don't have a football game to preview for a while. Um, I'm sure we'll sneak some Georgia talk in here, but I mean, how, how are you guys doing? We're I think we're a few days removed from Ohio State backing in like a semi. Um, are we are we feeling good on this this fine midweek premium podcast? Oh, this yeah. is the, the existential dread. Yeah. Does anyone like? Is there anyone in the fan base that's happy right now? Like, is it just that we've cultivated guys who are freaks like us, or does it just seem like seems like nothing around Ohio State football is good right now? Like yeah, the people that don't recruit are all. Yeah, it's true, like, true. you know what I mean. Like the average dentist, like my dentist, like if I go and ask him about how the Bucks do next week, like he'll he'll, oh, he'll be yeah. the happiest guy in the world. Like I think we got a real shot against Georgia, don't you? Oh yeah. Real shit. <laughs> That's funny. You're right. You're right. That is true. Like the majority of the fan base is like, oh, we're making the playoffs again. And Georgia doesn't know what's coming. And we're here, like, ready to fire the coach that's won 45 games in the past four years, you know? Like, and we're right, to be clear. Like, oh, we're 100% we're right. right. Also, I, tw- I tweeted this too, but like the funniest part of the fan base are the guys who are like, like, are you guys, are, are you not worried the NFL coaching cycle is going to come for Ryan Day this offseason? <laughs> like the guys on the boards are like, what if the Colts came calling? Like, yeah, I don't know. I think we're all right. <laughs> I would love to see it. I would love yeah. to see it. Yeah. Man. No, I so don't funny. It's a, it's a weird spot. It, 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 like, it is a weird spot. And it's like, it epitomizes Ohio State fans. Like, we epitomize Ohio State fans and everybody talking about how miserable we are that, like, our team is literally in the playoff with, like, like nothing has really changed that much from, like, how we were talking at the beginning of the season, and we are just miserable. Like, it's going to be a miserable month and, and until the playoff. Like, it, we're in the playoff. Yeah, they all want us to be miserable, dude. That's the thing is, they all want us to just like take it laying down the way they do. Though we're we're just insane. We're willing to be insane. That's why we right. that's why we don't have the downturns. Right. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Like I, this is a down year. Like Ohio State is eleven and one in the playoff, and we are ready to burn Ryan Day's house down because he lost to Michigan. Like that's that's the reality. So. Yep. I, don't I, don't, I don't apologize it. I mean, it's pretty no. clear. You know what I mean? It says right there in the resume. <laughs> there yeah, will description is. If you lose to Michigan, expect resistance. It says right there in like bold font. In fact, it's probably the number one thing it on there. They literally talked about it in his intro press conference. It's like, don't lose to Michigan. I think Urban like leaned over and told him like, don't lose to Michigan. Like that was it. You know, like you, you can't do that. And he did. He did twice. Like all the people who are like, it's insane that you want to fire your, is it? Is it insane? It's not insane. You're insane for being fine with losing back-to-back years. Isn't beating Michigan in four years? Yep. I mean, we have a whole roster full of guys who have never beat Michigan now. That's what we've got. And you're just going to be fine with that? Yeah. Come on. Not me. And you You can can be a loser if you want. I'm not. You can get the busters real quick because I remember how it went for Michigan. When they started losing, then you get the recruits. That start guaranteeing stuff before they've even played. Like, oh, when I get there, it's gonna get different. And then next thing, what you know, on you're the field? Con- <laughs> yeah, you're running content on them like Cockleys. Oh, and five. Oh, and five. Later, bum. See you later. Like it. It can go quick, man. And I just, depending on how the real story on JSN or whatever. Like, I mean, things could not be looking good for Ryan Day's culture, depending on how you yeah. look at it. Yeah, so let's talk about that. I think that's like the most obvious thing to talk about at this point. Obviously, 
he he isn't going to play. He isn't playing in the game. Where where do you guys land on that? Do you think that he is 100% healthy and could play? Do you buy the injury thing? Do you would you blame him if he was healthy or if the training staff told him he was healthy and he didn't want to play? Like where where do you land on that generally? I mean, I don't like I don't blame him for not trusting the staff. Like if that's what it is and you've looked at it and you've tried to come back twice now, if you've gotten the go ahead for everything's clear and then you come out and it's not like he played a consistent effort and then got re-injured again. I mean, it's like he came on, stepped on the field, re-injured himself and went back on the shelf for a couple of weeks. So I get that. And also, you know, I'm not going to go after a player. I mean, I guess I will a little bit, but I I don't get like his dad, his dad gets up in the dispatch a couple of weeks ago and says, we're not going to do the Bosa thing. Well, congratulations. You're doing something worse now. Uh, So I guess you were right in that. And he gets up there and he's talking about how, you know, He's boys with all the guys he came in with, you know, his recruiting classes, his boys, and he wouldn't leave them hanging and he's going to come back. Like I get that. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, if he did get advice to stay out, I understand that line of thinking because to me, it just, it's hard not to read it as he knows we're going to get our asses kicked by Georgia. So why even put that on tape? And you know, if, he, if that's the advice he got, I, like, it, it's bad advice, man. Like, I would think he would need the tape. Like, it's not like he's a, a tape freak, I don't feel like, except for Utah. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It's I've never seen anything like it. Like, I thought – and I don't understand why they did it right now. Why not yeah. wait? Why is this Why is this announcement happening right now unless, like, he's going off to California and he's going to be posting training videos and doing commercials and stuff? And it was just going to become obvious, but I don't know even then why you wouldn't try to keep that under wraps until literally minutes before the game. It's, I it's think my, and if he walks away, that's on day. That's a hundred percent on day. Yeah, I think yeah. my thing. Uh, my, you go. You can go. No, you're good, Kevin. Go ahead. I was going to say my thing, kind of just a quick aside from what you were saying, is like he's not like he. It, his thing is, and I'm sure Ryan's going to get into this, that he said that he's going to be a hundred percent ready for the NFL Combine. Which, like, cool, but Ryan's going to get into that a little bit. But my thing here is, like, why are you prepping for the combine? He's not going to test well. Like, not that he's, like, slow or, like, you know, like, he's, he's a fine receiver, but he's not Jameson Williams who's going to come out there and post, like, a like a sub 4-3 or something like that. He's not going to impress with any physical trait at all. He's a guy who looks good on film when he plays. And so why – if you're choosing between potentially getting to a look at a live look in front of guys that you think you can probably cook, because I think JSN's a great receiver, and I think that he would look good even against a Georgia secondary. I think, especially with would, Marvin proven now, exactly. So I think that would like just just from like a preparing for the NFL draft and improving your stock the most. I think it's really stupid to focus on the combine instead of focusing on a game where you could be a showcase receiver and on the national scale, like. I feel like that would, if he, if, if like, let's be honest, like in, in four weeks, like you're talking like four to six weeks. I don't know. The difference is he's, he could be healthy for both. Like, I don't believe that he wouldn't be healthy for the championship game. Now, maybe, maybe you're playing the, the, like, maybe you're playing the whole, like he wouldn't be able to practice or anything like that. I don't really know, but like, I don't know. I, I just feel like, like if he's really gaming to be ready for the combine, that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like it makes more sense to roll the dice, even if you're worried about re-risking an injury in the uh, 
um, playoff game than it would be to work for the combine. Cause I just don't think the combine is going to help it. Like, I just don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, you know, like you, you see what I'm saying? Like, why is he playing for the combine? Yeah. So, so this is, so I, I've, man, I've gone back and forth on it so many times already in the time it's been announced. Uh, I, I have really been torn on this essentially, right? Because that, what Kevin said is where I initially came down. This idea, like JSN, basically what he said is his doctor said he couldn't possibly get ready to play, right? That he could not possibly play in the playoff game or the national title game, which is the national title game is all the way, not until it's it's uh, Monday, January 9th, if I recall correctly, uh, which puts him at roughly, that'd be 19 weeks from his original injury date and 11 weeks in the last date of his re-injury, which was uh, in a, a late October against Iowa. The, basically the reporting here is that it's a hamstring pull. There's no tear. There's no structural damage. He's been to multiple doctors, multiple sur- like surgeons to check for structural damage. And there's nothing structurally wrong with his hamstring. It is simply his ability to like either push through the pain or, or I mean, a pulled hamstring is tough, right? It does limit your mobility, but it's not like he's not at no risk of further damage to his leg is what we're saying here. There's not like he's not like he's partially torn a tendon. It could get further torn. None of that's going on. It's just a matter of like whether it gets pulled again, it gets reaggravated again, basically. He, uh, it, a knee. yeah, shit. I mean, he then went out to, like you said, said he would hundred percent be ready by the NFL combine which is another seven weeks after the initial game. So like to me, I don't understand what hamstring injury is impossible to play on after 19 weeks, but is 100% good to go after 26 weeks. That timeline, I just don't really understand. That having been said, there was a very interesting tweet by his dad who quote tweeted me today because I tweeted out the video of of Todd McShay talking. So we should also add here, Todd McShay reported on College Football Live on ESPN that NFL scouts believe that JSN is healthy enough to play and is sitting on the practice draft slot. That's where all this comes from. So his dad, have you guys seen his dad's handle, by the way, what his uh, display name is? It's awesome. DJ, have you seen this yet? No. Oh, you're going to love this. JSN's dad's display name on Twitter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is La Puma Noir. That's amazing. <laughs> La Puma Noir, which is just the Black Panther in French, right? But it's very, very funny. Uh, La Puma Noir. <laughs> Dude, football dads are a different breed, bro. Like... <laughs> They're different types of dudes. And also, the, the whole Smith and Jigba family has been steadily trickling into dimensions and, and quote tweets. It started with uh, his former high school coach came in there late last night. Then uh, his mom came in this morning, followed by his brother, followed by his dad. Finally, so I'm getting the whole family treatment here. But which, I, <laughs> anyway, his dad tweeted, "Being with my son yesterday for his first day of rehab, so emphasize that phrase, and seeing his limitations for myself gave me peace with our family's choice, our family's choice to get my son healthy. Encouraging him to play would be selfish and abusive." I'm at peace because I know he's in the right hands for recovery. There's a lot of phrases in that tweet that if you wanted to read into it, you could read a whole lot into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, hearing it for the first time live, it's basically, he doesn't, he said he doesn't trust the medical OSU medical staff. And that's what I can read. You know, that's how yeah. I'm just hearing it live. That's how I read it. Well, the first day of rehab, the, the other question there is what has he been doing the last eight weeks? If if, right. if, he, if if it's the first day of rehab, what's been going on since Halloween? Well, he, or he not hasn't been with, it's been. He hasn't been with the team. Like I, I I think that's pretty clear. Like he went to get a second opinion, and he hasn't been 
you know, with the team. I don't, I don't know what he's been yeah, doing. He has not been seeing any practices. See, yeah, I think he, he I think he's been checked out. He was at the Michigan game on the sidelines with yes. Brandon Ennis and uh, whoever the other one was. He's been yeah, on the sidelines, yeah, 100%. So, like, here's the thing. There were a couple of rumors that popped. People said he was academically ineligible. To clarify, that's not possible. Like, the timeline of that is impossible based on when finals were. Even if he was going to be ineligible, he could not have yet been ruled eligible. So that's not right. the that's problem. So, that's so cheap. That's so cheap. Of course. It's not real. It's not 100% it's not real. <laughs> People uh, who say that don't know how college works, by the way. Like, yes. I, I, I love, I love people who try to like trumpet like how how players could get academically ineligible. Or oh, he's having he's having grade problems. It's like, buddy, you don't have grade problems until after the semester is over. Like, the semester's yeah. not over. You don't have grade problems. Like, they're just nebulous. Like, you may as well not have a grade up to that point. That's not how it works. It's not like they just check your report card and like, oh no, you got an F on a test this week. Like, I'm holding you out. Like. It's not, but yeah. maybe you did that in like the 60s. I don't know. Anyway, continue. Right. So anyway, yeah, to continue <laughs> on here. Uh, I don't think any of that other shit's true. There's people, people say he left the team, whatever. I, I don't know. I, I think he was a part of this team. Okay. But the idea is saying it's his first day of rehab. What does that mean? Does that mean he has not been rehabbing his injury with Ohio State? Does that mean he's just been like chilling? He's just been sitting around? Like, what has he been doing? It's a pulled hamstring. Like, what, what's been going on? Like, I don't understand that. <laughs> The, the other phrase is that he said, our family's choice, which means basically they had a call between does he want to play through it or does he want to not play through it? Like when you say our family's choice, that means a doctor did not tell you you cannot play. You are saying we had a choice to play or not. Am I am I crazy? Like am I just reading too much into this? Because the way he phrased that, that sounds to me like they it gave does. him a choice. And, yeah. Uh, and then the final phrase here is the one DJ hit on is I know he's in the right hands for recovery. This is the one here that I do not have any, like my current opinion is I think JSN is capable of playing and is choosing not to. I think he's sitting out. Yeah. I had to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I do based, too. On, based on everything we know, that's my honest read. I'm sorry if you want to call me a dirtbag for saying that. Uh, I think he is opting out. The reason you may not want to critique him for that, if you felt so inclined, and I, I'll come down to my, my, my opinion here in a second. The part he said about right hands for recovery the way Ryan Day and Mick Marotti treat this guy's injury is completely insane. Rushing him back to play against Toledo? Toledo. Why? Yeah. And it's not he, like he got, it's not like people don't know this about hamstring. You know, right. about like they're famously finicky. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like the number one thing. It's the number one thing. He came back to play against Toledo. The like next opponents they had were like, yeah, like it was exactly two weeks later. The next opponents they had were Wisconsin, Rutgers, and Michigan State. Which of those teams do we need him against? Why would we have possibly rushed him back if he was absolutely 100% ready to go? It's fucking Toledo. Like, I'm losing my mind here. There's a bye week baked in there, too. And there's a bye week right after Michigan State before Iowa. We were saying this at the time, too. This is yeah, you can go listen to the podcast, motherfuckers. Go back and listen to it. Yep. Uh, hit the archives. Um, well, and then, and then so he, 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 they, they shut him down after Toledo and then he did come back again against Iowa. So to me, and, listen, if, if yeah. he fucks up again against Toledo, I'm still not rushing him back against Iowa. Like at that point, I, I know that we said that too. Like, don't, yeah. why are we playing him against Iowa? We don't need him until Michigan shut him down even further because that's how hamstrings work. You know, like it, they just take time. And if you're going to keep, I don't know whose decision it was. I don't know if he was pushing to get back on the field or whatever, but like that fucked him up. So you continue. I didn't yeah. need to stop. And the reports at the time were them saying, oh, he's doing everything he can, his power to get back. And I, sure, I believe all that. He tried to come back twice. So that's commendable. Like I'm not criticizing him for that whatsoever. But the training staff kind of let him come back. But like, 
Dude, I got back to the so many times. Yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. sitting out because he doesn't want to risk not being hundred percent for the combine because he wants mm-hmm. to show out on the co- he wants to show out for yeah. the combine. And I think so style. too. That's my hundred percent my belief as well. Because like the idea that you're going to re-injure something at the at the draft, it's like or at the at the playoff, it's like is that really like, is the is the risk of a pulled hamstring so great? The risk of you not being able to play at the combine that you wouldn't have a chance for a national championship. Like you're not going to yeah. try to play for a national title. Like I mean, all the, like, all the other circumstances, sorry, it's an opt out. It is a hundred percent opt out. That is the exact way to frame it. He's not physically capable of playing. He, he has a reason. I'm not saying he has no valid reason. There's no, there's no ideas behind it. Well, I should say he does have reasons. I don't think they're valid reasons, but he's choosing to quit on the team and opt out. That's a hundred percent the way I view it. I mean, I don't know what his family situation or if like he, you know, I've His never brother's been a on... pro athlete. They're all right. I don't know. In that case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like there's no insurance policies where, you know, nationwide, nationwide didn't want a, a piece of that action, a little NIL yeah. commercial. Come on. We're in the, na- I, I can text my boy right now and find out. I just, it goes back to culture, man. You know, yep. it's just, these are the guys that these are Ryan Day's guys. These are Ryan guys that he identified, recruited into the program, built. I mean, it's not like these are freshmen. And it's not like these are sophomores. It's not like these are young guys. I mean, these are supposed to be your war horses. Yeah. Talking like this, I mean, they JSN can do what he wants, but I can also say what I want in the equation. 100%. Like, this idea that, like, the players itself, owe you. It's not, I would feel betrayed if I was yeah. on that team and I put – I mean, Tommy Eichberg is playing with two broken hands, and that seems to be helping his fucking draft stock. <laughs> I mean the idea that like the idea that people say like you can't criticize the players and the players owe you nothing like uh, that's not true. like he was sure, shot. Man, they <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't owe me anything but like I, I, they do directly benefit off fan involvement like like the reason they get paid nil money the reason they're the nfl is profitable is because of fan involvement yeah i mean like you know, how much money do we all spend going to Ohio State football games every fucking year? Like, it's it's higher than I care to admit. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, how much time do you spend? How much, you know, all this shit. Like, dude, the players are allowed to be criticized. I can fairly look at the circumstances here and evaluate what he said, what he said publicly, what's been reported privately by other guys around the program, and come to the conclusion that I think he opted out and he chose to do this. And that's 100% the way I view it. I think the guy has opted out. Uh, I think it's the first ever playoff opt out which to happen under Ryan Day's watch or Ryan Day's team is fucking pathetic. And there are other people to be blamed here too, to be clarified. Mick Roddy for handling his injury poorly, the training staff for rehabbing appropriately. Ryan Day for letting him play when he shouldn't need to play two weeks after the initial injury. Yep. All these things, they deserve criticism. And also in the first place, as I talked about on uh, my podcast with Patrick Mayhorn flipping the field, uh, the way Mick Roddy trains his players in the first place is the exact reason there's so many hamstring injuries at Ohio State. Like there are so many here from other programs, so many soft tissue injuries. It's because they do not train the hamstring muscle correctly. They don't train the proper intensity. They don't train with the proper frequency, the proper sets, the proper reps. The way they approach training on the lower body is fucking insane. It is so stupid and outdated and fucking 80s meathead bodybuilder training. It's not fucking football players in 2022. But I will get into it. It's Urban Meyer's guy. It's Urban Meyer's guy. His number one goon. Like you, talk, you know, everybody talks about like urban's culture and stuff. This is the guy instilling it. Yep. I I don't I don't know how much truth there is to this at all, but somebody recently pointed out to me if you look at the number of injuries that started to happen, especially lower body soft tissue injuries, as soon as Anthony Schlegel left the program, 
it shoots up dramatically. And the the person oh. theorized that that Schlegel had a problem with the way that they were doing things, and that's part of the reason why he left. And he was much better on that front. And I don't I I don't know I don't know how to how to read into it, but when you actually yeah. think about it, if you actually look at what happened, that that actually I, adds up. If he like, was one the of the few, few, he was one of the yeah. few that didn't jump ship for you know that's that didn't stay. So. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know Schlegel. I don't know the way that he trains or anything like that, but it does add up. If you start to look at the number of the increased number of soft tissue injuries and how bad the injuries got as soon as Schlegel left. But if I recall correctly too, there were also reports at the time that like basically in the NFL, very few players like actually train with a team strength coach. Like it doesn't really like they do it like during the mandatory periods, they have to be with the team, but no one trains the team strength coach in the off season at Jackson, like at any NFL team. It doesn't really work that way. They all go mm-hmm. to home, their colleges or their individual private trainers. Uh, but there was reports that basically a lot more guys were staying in Jacksonville. Uh, uh, to basically work with Schlegel, like, like earlier than expected. Um, it's not yeah. like Urban had a long run there or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> right. You know, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It's fascinating. Um, yeah, so I, I, that's one of those things where like, yeah. because of no access to like actually watching them work out and stuff, like, I don't, I don't know exactly anything about that, but, yeah. um, that was something yeah, that we and, it, and ultimately we're never going to know on this stuff in general, right? We're not, we have, we like, it's too much of a black box and like, we can read little bits here and there about what gets out of the strength and conditioning program. We can read little bits and reports of the reporting around Jack's and Jake, but we can hear we, we can Tom read the Oracle. NFL. We can read the Oracle. We can we can hear Tom McShay's NFL scouts. We can read me at midfield.com, the greatest, highest website in the country. Um, you know, we can read all these different things. But there's ultimately no – we're never going to know the truth about Jason's decision. We are never going to find a final answer. He's never going to do a tell-all one day about, yeah, I actually chopped out of the playoff. It's never going to fucking happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah. So all we have is reporting and rumors forever. And based on what I know, what I've read, which is – I'm a freak about this shit. So everything there is to read out there, I've read every post about it, everything there is possible you can read. I think he opted out of this team. I think he opted out of the playoff. And I think it's a direct reflection on Ryan Day's culture and what he did to prepare this guy in the first place. And his uh, dad would have been more direct. Like if that was bullshit, like you're basically attacking your your son, his son's character at that point. You yep. know what I mean? And for his dad to get all cryptic and talk about day one of rehab and, you know, the best hands and da-da-da. The fact, you know what I mean? You say that about my son. Like I'm, I'm posting pictures <laughs> of his broken bones or whatever. I'll break him myself right. if he's injured. Uh, well, like, yeah, I feel it would have been I, a lot more direct. In I think my, my, my hunch is that after the way that the rehab at Ohio State went, they didn't trust Ohio State's ability to look out for his injury yep. and protect totally him fair. going going forward, which is fair, but. Um, there's just, it's, I don't think it's super black and white either way. Like I understand why they wouldn't trust it, but also like, like I've said, I don't think it's the right move because obviously like DJ said, he is getting advice to not get injured so that he can play or he can participate in the NFL combine. And I think that's a bonkers move. That doesn't I thought it would come back to your boys, man. Like if your boy, you know, back in my day, at least, (laughs) <laughs> like well oh, shit man all that shit can be like, true don't you want to go with thing. your boys yeah. like, this is your last time together like don't you yeah. want to go 100%. out and just try that's what it comes it. down to dude all and that shit bench. can be true yeah all that shit can be true and probably is true but and you still don't want to play like even right. if all that's correct don't you still want to go play right 
Yeah. Like 100%. that's the part I can't get past. Like, don't you want to go play? Don't like when, if you have a chance to play in that game, Jalen Waddle came out there and played on a fucking partially broken leg at 50% speed to give Alabama a better chance to play. And it worked. George Pickens came back from a, a an ACL tear. Uh, it happened during spring ball less than six months <laughs> later. Was playing the national title. Yeah. Was playing six yeah. months later, national title game and being effective. Like, you're not going to give it a shot. Like you don't have, yeah. you don't want to, what are we talking about? Like and, that's an opt out. Right. And I, and, and I think it just comes back down to why too, because obviously that's annoying and uh, I, it, it reflects poorly on, on both people, you know, like, yeah. The, and I think that's why reason. they announced it. I think Ryan Day just said, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's a, there's a reason why. And it, by, by the way things looked at the Michigan game, JSN's not the only person that was ready to quit on this team too. You know, like, they they did not finish well. They did not like that. The end of the game did not inspire a lot of confidence that there are a lot of players on this team that are willing to, you know, fight through adversity or, um, you know, I, I don't know. It, 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 it is a culture issue. And there's like and even the fact that we're sitting here talking like, yeah, it, it makes sense that he wouldn't want to come back and trust the training staff after they fucked him twice. You know, like there, there's a it's lot crazy. of contributing factors here. It's like I said, it like it's it's not black or white, but I think all around this is not a great look. It's not a great look for Ryan Day. It's not a great look for Jackson's and the Jigbo. Like it it is all around not a good look. So um I don't know, but that is um that is where we're at midway through. And I, I, I don't know, I guess it's just like how how do you respond to that is a is a coach as like the rest of the team like what's what's cj stroud thinking now what's the rest of the receivers room thinking like a guy that was a leader in their room just like pieced out like what's how do you respond to that you know i can't imagine man i truly can't imagine i don't Hmm. know maybe maybe stroud can hit up his buddies from michigan on the Fortnite, and they can talk about it I just call it the yeah. Fortnite. The Fortnite, yeah, man. You're a resident oh. There's like, there's like once every two episodes that you just sound like you're 45 years old. It, you know, like I don't know, like how would Stroud take it? I don't know. If there's one person that would understand JSN, I feel like it probably is CJ Stroud. You know, yeah. he's probably. You know, well, another close. I, I've got my. Would I be totally have... shocked if CJ Stroud opted out? <laughs> I have some absolutely poisonous takes on CJ cooked up to see after this game. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing how this game plays out yeah. because uh, it would be funny if we were right about him just instantly on Oregon. Yeah, man, yeah, like uh, the, the whole book because like <laughs> I had him nailed, and then everybody was like talked his back down, and then he puts his cards on the table in this final game because yeah. if it goes south early. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna do something like Michigan did. They're not gonna get up off the mat. They're not gonna take a blow and get up. Never. What have they? <laughs> exactly. They're the biggest problem. If they catch if they catch Georgia by surprise, which Ted, it could happen. Right. It could. That's, you that's you know Georgia is not gonna be respecting this team, and they really shouldn't. There's really no reason to respect these bombs. So uh, maybe we catch them sleeping, but they're getting blown out, dude. I'm sorry. They're 100 percent getting blown out. There is no doubt about it. This team is. Look, yeah, this is a mentally weak team that doesn't like to compete. That is 100% the character of the team. You, the people can flame me over I want for criticizing a football player. I don't give a fuck. This is a team that that, that is absolutely has shown in how many occasions now 
is not capable of fighting through adversity to have a good win. That's not what they do. It's not what Ryan Day does. It's, that's not how his program is. Who do they come back on? They have the best offense in college football for passing the football, but they can't come back against anybody. Like I think, I think the closest you have is Penn State, which is what's infuriating. Because you, like, you take a for a ba- uh, fake snap with the fucking third stringer. Yeah, man. The, you, what, what's what's hilarious though, like, is you're absolutely right about all of that, but like, in terms of just raw talent, there's no reason why this team shouldn't be able to compete against. Anybody. Of course, yeah, and like, and you see it when they lock in, like, like I was, like I was saying against Penn State, they were like, they were down in that game in the fourth quarter, and for like a split second, Penn State thought that they were going to win that game, and then suddenly they just shit out twenty eight points in like six minutes, and it yeah. was a blowout, you know, and like that team has the capacity to do that, and we just don't see it, and we haven't seen it really since then, you know, like I mean, every now and then in like a scrub game or something like that, you'll see them you know, put up a lot of points really quick, but like, where was it against Michigan? Where was it against Northwestern? And that's a little different. The wind was there and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. It's just, it's uninspired. It's, it's like a needless storage of insane talent that you have no an, intention of ever using. So it's very bizarre. It, it's weird to simultaneously feel like you have a comparably talented, if not more talented team, and then still don't have any belief that, they're going to put it all together and uh, show out, even though they technically could. Like, that's the funniest part is, like, they technically could. Yeah, everything they wanted is still in front of them this season. Like, they could very well end the season with, like, you know, winning a championship and beating Michigan. 100% right. that's still possible. Right. And, like, like <laughs> that would be but they're not going to do it. Yeah. And that, and that, that's the funniest thing is, like, nothing has changed on that front at all. Like, I mean, even losing JSN, like, they didn't really lose him because he hasn't played all season. Like, it – They've they've still been you know one of the most lethal offenses in the country. Can, can we, oh man, these motherfuckers on the on the message boards on Twitter that have been complaining about Ohio State and how much they lost from last season, how hard it is to recover without JSN X Y and Z. You're playing Georgia, who lost 13 NFL. Sorry, I think it's 16 NFL draft picks last season, including uh, seven defensive starters of the top 100 picks. And five of them in the first round. They lost five defensive starters in the first round alone. And because we lost Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in a room full of five stars, we couldn't possibly have a chance to come back. What the fuck are you talking about? That's what the portal's for, brother. (laughs) Well, not even that, dude. There's no – listen, if you were complaining about the amount of skill talent Ohio State lost from last season as the reason why they can't compete for a national title, you are a fucking idiot. Yeah. No, that's that's 100% true. And more than that, that, you're you're a loser. Yes. Right. I mean, they the reality is they returned they returned their quarterback. They returned it's not even worth addressing. Even if they did, even if they tra- turned over everyone. Look at what happened from 2015 to 2016. Ohio State, I'm not going to pretend like that was an awesome offensive team, but they lost they like broke NFL records for how much talent they had drafted in the 2016 draft and then turned around and made the college football playoff the next year. Like yep. come on. Like that's that's the standard here. The standard is not excuses. It's not, oh, this is why it happened. Like, no, fuck that. I don't care why it happened. You're supposed to come out every year and have a comparable or better team than the year before. Like, that's what it is. That's what this is. That's what you signed up for. It doesn't matter how many players you lose. If you have to play freshman, that's fine. Your freshman better be good. Do you have to hit the portal? Cool. Hit the portal. Get a Justin Fields. Like, that's what this is. That's what you signed up for. That's what the program is. You can't make excuses like that. Come on. Like, that's that's weird. Yeah. 
And let's get into it. Let's get into the idea about standards. I want to talk about the idea of Kevin Wilson moving on and who they're allegedly going to replace him with. Uh, and before we do that, you know, the other standard we're going to talk about is the standard of excellence we've experienced at home field apparel uh, and the standard of, of comfortable, soft, uh, 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 cozy, vintage collegiate apparel um, from, you know, hundreds of schools uh, with their logos across. And they have a sale right now. The staff picks. I just bought my, hope he's not listening to this. I just bought my little brother a Christmas gift from the, uh, the Ohio State hoodie section. Uh, off the staff pick section. There's a 20% off sale, all those gear, some really cool bestsellers on there from, if you're embarrassed to be aware of Ohio State right now, you can go get some Tulane gear. You can get some gear from Youngstown State. You can get some gear from, uh, I don't know, the Colorado School of Mines is in there. A lot of options. You can go out there and you can find the right fit for you. Um, but but home field apparel, if you want to buy from them, you can use the code meet at midfield for 50% off your first order. Go buy some home fields, wonderful Christmas gift, be there in time for the holidays. Uh, you're going to look fly, et cetera. You get the whole deal. Look, Calvin Wilson has left for Tulsa. Um, he he has left to take the head coaching job at Tulsa. Um, he sucked. I want to clarify this. Calvin Wilson sucked. He was bad at yeah. his job. At he never called funny. plays. Yeah, at least it was funny. He never called plays. All he wanted to do was call outside fucking zone every down. It's the only thing the guy knows, outside zone. He thinks it's still 1999. Uh, and he coached tight ends to disastrous conclusions. This guy... I want to bitch about this really quick here. Just something I remembered that I, our, our board members reminded me of this. Ohio State took Cormonte Hamilton over in-state <laughs> four-star prospect Eric All. I was at the workout where those two guys came in. Eric All ended up at Michigan where he was, but until he got hurt, was probably their best tight end this season. Tremendous player. Uh, he watched Cormonte Hamilton, who's a six-foot-one, 246-pound fullback who couldn't catch the football, said, I'll take that guy. Because he got there in a Greyhound from Memphis. That's why they took him. He took a Greyhound from Memphis to Ohio State. Like, well, we got to have Cormonte Hamilton, culture guy. He was out of the program in a year and a half. How'd that fucking work out? You dipshit. You absolute moron. All the players in this program played this year. <laughs> he didn't recruit. He started Kate Stover, who's a line at, linebacker turned defensive end, turned tight end, turned linebacker turned tight end. And G. Scott, who's a converted wide receiver, who's light in the pants. And I don't think he did and yeah, and, and the only thing he did on the field was headbutt someone out of bounds 40 yards downfield to play he wasn't involved and didn't do shit on the field this season. Kate Stover, his number was called. All he did was miss blocks and drop passes. Kevin Wilson fucking sucked. One of the worst. His, uh, his, his three another, best another Dublin ends. dad. Another Dublin his, dad. His three best Accolade. tight ends. What, he, how, many, how many years has he been in the program? Uh, Five, since 2016, four. yeah. Okay, so, so six-ish years. So six years into the program, like, decidedly his recruiting at this point, the the three best players in his room this year was a converted linebacker, a converted wide receiver, and a walk-on. I don't even know what he started as, but it was a fullback. Yeah, fullback, yeah. 100%, like, easily. So so those, those are the, the only guys who played guys. from his room were guys he didn't recruit and or didn't play his position. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and before that, the guys he played before, like he had, he had Luke Farrell, he didn't recruit. Uh, he had uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Rucker, Rucker, who was who he did not recruit. Was he, yeah. but he the funniest part about Rucker too is like he was by far one of like the better tight ends I have ever seen coming out of high school into Ohio State, and he was just completely underused at Ohio State. Like Loki sucked at Ohio State. Not just underused, never got better or anything, right? He never right. developed as a route runner, as a pass catcher, as a blocker. He just was the same guy he was at a high school. He didn't get stronger because they Rowdy sucks. He was just the same dude except a little bit fatter. Like he came into Ohio State as the number one tight end in America and left like the number 17 tight end in America with an extra 20 pounds on his gut. That's all that yeah. happened. He just got fatter. 
Yeah. He, he just got he had to drink beer for four years before he went to go play for the Jets and couldn't get on the field there either. This guy fucking like what is Kevin Wilson doing in Ohio State? We're forever cursed, dude. We're just not allowed, the tight end is just not allowed to be a thing here. And or whatever. Luke Farrell was sick. The lesson is we should just take guys who are mean, nasty blockers. Yeah, I, I love Luke Farrell. I love Luke Farrell. He was awesome. Yeah, that's um, definitely a Republican position. For sure. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> who's that guy coming here? Uh, Thurman, Jelani Thurman, who, who's currently committed to Ohio State, will probably flip to Auburn, but maybe may end up coming here instead. The idea that, like, we're going to get a guy who's a pass, he's like, that's like a Jaleel Billingsley-style tight end, like a pass-catching, like, runner guy. I would bet my life that guy never has more than 30 catches in a season at Ohio State if he comes here. I would bet my life that guy's not going to do shit here. You think we're going to make him, teach him how to block, teach him how to catch passes? No chance. How's that going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I just – I, I, I mean, it depends who we p- replace Wilson with. Well, we'll, we'll get there. But I, I think b- before, before <laughs> we talk about that, I, I think it's just hilarious. Like, we're, we're, we had this entire conversation about Kevin Wilson. He makes $1.4 million a year to do oh my that. God. He, is, he, is a, he is a bad to mediocre position coach that coaches tight ends and he makes $1.4 million a year. So if there's anybody, I, I saw people legitimately concerned that Kevin Wilson was was hiring and like, oh, the program's falling apart. It's like, brother, the program's falling apart, but it has nothing to do with Kevin Wilson going to Tulsa. So it, it can't get That's the worse. thing. The, the coaching staff, if people don't know this rule in college, you get 10 on-field assistants. You get 10 guys who are actually the coach of the players besides your head coach. Uh, Ohio State employed Kevin Wilson, who, to clarify, did nothing. He didn't call plays. He didn't really develop any players. He didn't he didn't recruit. He didn't do shit, right? We had him. Parker Fleming, who was an intern, who ended up coaching special teams to disastrous conclusions. They And also the reports that they got on the boards, uh, one of the other beat writers, I won't say his name, was defending him by saying, well, he actually has a lot more offense than you think, too. What? What has he done? Well, how's the offense looking? Not fucking great, I'll tell you that. What's he doing? What's he doing to help there? We're bringing him in to help. He was the he was a failed one. His only job at FBS for this. He was a offensive coordinator at Texas State for one season and got fired. That's his whole that's his whole resume. The Texas State failed OC is going to coach our offensive players. Get the fuck out of here. And then we have we have Corey Dennis who just shadows Ryan Day. He basically just does jobs that Ryan he doesn't feel like doing, like texting recruits for him. And pretty much just Corey Dennis is getting paid to text. That is his job. He gets paid to text because you know he doesn't do shit to actually coach these players. Uh, who else do you have on the staff? Uh, Brian Hartline's good. Tony Elford just misses his top recruits every fucking year. He doesn't do shit else besides that. Justin Fry seems fine. Whatever. Uh, on defense, you have Tim Walton, who was always a terrible NFL position coach, who, guess what, sucked here too. Big fucking surprise. So we're basically we have 10, 10 on-field assistants, and we wasted four of the spots for guys who can't coach or recruit. What is the point of that? Like this is I just had this right on our board today. Because they're gonna I'll tell you who they're gonna replace Kevin Wilson with right now. What they're gonna do is they're gonna promote Justin Fry and Brian Hartline to co-OCs. Yep. Tony Elford will be the uh, a running game coordinator and a, a special assistant to the head coach. What the fuck that means. They're going to hire Keenan Bailey to come coach tight ends. Keenan Bailey has been a QC with the program for like six years. He's been here forever. Uh, he just seems to be a guy everyone likes. He's actually like a good coach. I'm sure he's a great guy. Why are you only hiring your own fucking interns to do your jobs? Like, yeah. whenever, whenever fucking Lehman Brothers loses a CEO or they lose the CFO, they're not they're not bringing the guy from the mailroom up to do your job next. I'll tell you that. They're doing a position search to go hunt for the guy. But they're going to bring in. 
especially when like there's been problems too you know like it's like let's a lot of them i mean isn't that the thing that their their best isn't working isn't that the the lesson from the michigan it's Dabo disease brother that's Uh, what we're doing everything you want to bring um vegan grandpa worked out i mean we'll see i know ryan's Yes. No, no. He, I'm, he's still on notice. But, but look, there has been, with one exception, I would say Ryan Day has downgraded every hire he's had to make from the outside. Like, with Vegan Grandpa was a huge upgrade over Kerry Combs. Everything else we've done since then has been getting a lesser version of that. Like, everyone else sucks. I, I guess you got what? Al Washington came in for, for Luke Fickle. That was a downgrade. No, uh, he, came in, he came in for Billy Davis. <laughs> which are you sure to be fair okay yeah. i'm 100 i'm 100 yeah. sure yeah 100 i'll give him that one i'll give him that one okay i'll, <laughs> like, I'll give him like, that, that one that is, that is not <laughs> that is like i could have come in and anyway continue sure okay we'll give him two we'll give him two uh madison came in as the replacement uh for for halfley right or halfley came in with madison with look madison. i'm not getting into all i don't want to go through all the fucking hires basically what he's done for the last two years is every time he has a position to fill he either looks internally or hires a lesser version of that guy like whether it's Kerry Combs coming in to fill in for Jeff Halfley, whether it's fucking, uh, you know, X, Y, or Z, you know, fucking uh, how many guys they brought in. Parker Fleming coming to coach special teams. You have uh, Keenan Bay is going to be the tight ends coach now. Corey Dennis came in for Ryan Day himself. Uh, Kevin Wilson came in instead of Ryan Day also for that position. Like, uh, you know, what is he doing to upgrade? Like Everything else is getting a little bit worse every time. And the question that people always ask is like, well, what's the worst that could happen? It's not that big of a deal, right? Like, sure, like Keenan Bailey's at the perfect tight ends coach. Sure, he's just a QC. Like, okay, yeah, Justin Fry, you know, maybe he doesn't, you know, have the best of lines in the world. Like, uh, you know, Tony Elford, okay, he only misses four of his top his four of his uh, top recruits the last five years. Like, he'll be all right. We're still getting good running backs, right? Like, every single thing we do has been allowed to be like, well, it won't be that bad is the answer. If we do this, it won't be that bad. At least we'll have continuity. And when you do that with every position in the program – all of a sudden things get bad. Like when everything is allowed to, and standards allowed to slip, everything slides, everything gets a little bit worse. So all of a sudden the whole product degrades and it degrades fucking fast. Dabo Swinney's been doing this by hiring copies of copies of copies at Clemson for years. And now he's that like, he, he's down to a fucking bum ass staff who can't win shit in real games. And guess what we're headed for really fast. I can tell you right now. Yeah. I, oh, I think, sorry, I was I, too I mean, dumb there. God they, they, just get to a, they just get to a point where they just want to be around their boys. You know, they just want to be around like people they like. They don't want to like get pushed back because of stress, and they just want like yes men to a degree. I and think we yeah, are a program that's rotted at the top. The 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 devil's advocate here is that I do like Perry Iliano a lot. I just don't think he's yes. coaching the right position. I think he Correct. he's a very good coach. I think he should be coaching cornerbacks. I'm all way with you on Tim Walton. I do like Justin Fry. I think that was one of the few. I, I honestly was being, I was hate on him. That was another upgrade. Look, Ryan Day has a few upgrades. He, I, 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 I was probably being too aggressive. When I said he missed on all of them. Uh, like none Justin came, Fry was None of them came from internal though. Yeah, exactly. Justin that Fry over Sudrava was good. Sorry to cut you off, Kevin, but Justin, Justin Fry over Sudrava was good. Uh, what fucking Knowles over, over Combs is good. And yeah. Al Washington Billy Davis is good. The but rest of them on notice. You're, you're, you're a hundred percent right where, and I think it starts with Parker Fleming. Because the, the reality is, if they hadn't done that, if you would have promoted Keenan Bailey from the start, or he ends up on is, is one of these staffers from the start, I'm much more fine than I am now, I guess. Because like I just I just don't think Parker Fleming is a good coach, but I do think Keenan Bailey is actually a good coach. And if Keenan Bailey would have come first, I think it's not as big of a deal because I, I do think that Keenan Bailey could be a 
moderately like I, I think that Keenan Bailey is hilarious as it sounds. I trust him to coach the tight ends way more than I trust Kevin Wilson to coach the tight end. Sure. Like as, as insane as that sounds, and like hypothetically, you're gonna I don't know. I just I don't I don't like Yeah, if Keenan Bailey was the one guy they promoted, that'd be cool. That's fine. Like if right. they had a whole staff of like here's excellent hires from outside, we're, we're crushing this, we're crushing that. We have this young up and comer, we really trust, we'd like him to do that. He's gonna be awesome. I'd buy it. Okay. But now it's every fucking hire, dude. Every guy is doing that. Like yep. of the offensive staff, uh, obviously Brian Hartline's worked out pretty well. I'm not trying to criticize him here, but but Brian Hartline, Parker Fleming, Keenan Bailey, and Corey Dennis will all be internal promotions from interns. Everyone except Tony Elford and Justin Fry is an internal promotion from a fucking intern role. Like well, and everyone you, else you know, in the staff. You know the reason why though. It's because most of Ryan Day wants to coach the he wants to coach the or the uh, quarterbacks, which is fair. He can coach the quarterback. He also wants to call the plays and design the offense. And he's not going to hire a guy. He wants yes men, you know, like he wants guys that he's groomed to run things the way that he wants to. And that's what's frustrating to me is you can't be a true head coach until you want to groom to right. hire somebody Sorry. that's better than him. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I don't I don't think you can be a true head coach until you start to look around and say I don't want to run the offense I want to hire somebody who is better than me at running the offense and I don't think Ryan Day has the awareness to right now to look around and say I am not the best in the country at running this offense I should hire somebody who is instead I, I don't yeah. I don't think I don't think he's willing to do that. I don't think he can do that. And that's what you're seeing with the hires more than even just the nepotism. It's that he wants to have control and he wants to do things his way. He doesn't want it to be checked. He doesn't want to be the CEO. He wants to control the entire offense himself. And he wants to only have guys under him that have only learned from him or he thinks the same way as him and stuff like that. Like he does not want counterpoints. And I think you even saw that now. To be fair, Mike Yersich got a huge uh, promotion to leave Ohio State, and Ryan Day has said publicly that he wanted Yersich to stay around. But reading between the lines there, it seems like they just had kind of counter philosophies, and they weren't really working well together. And with Yersich leaving and Ryan Day immediately, like he didn't really do anything to, to, to uh, address that. He hired Corey Dennis. He promoted Kevin Wilson, who was already there, like, he didn't want a conflicting voice in the quarterback's room. Like he didn't, he wanted to coach the quarterbacks. He wanted to run the offense. He wanted yes, men that were willing to do that with him. And that's, that's the issue. It's not even that he's not hiring good coaches or anything like that. He just wants to be in charge. And that's the larger issue. for me. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Um, it, it's just lack of self-awareness too, right? Like you said, it's like, it's, I don't think it's not even just that, like, I doubt the idea that he could possibly be a problem, or the offense even is a problem at all. I don't think that's even crossed his mind. Like, yeah. I think it's further from him even saying, like, this is a problem and the solution to it is more of me. I don't even think he conceptualized that there could be a problem based on his behavior. Yeah. I think, like, I think it's worse than that. Yeah. Like, like I, I really do. Like, I agree with you 100%. Everything you said is 100% accurate. And I just think it's only getting fucking worse from him, dude. Like, he's, he's not going to bring in a play caller. He's not going to, like, try to, like, learn how to improve his play calling. Like Urban Meyer told him, like, there was a quotes about this at the time of 2019, like why Urban Meyer didn't call plays and why he gave it up. And there's basically no successful, there has been one coach, uh, I think in the, in the, in the BCS or playoff era that has ever won a national championship 
uh, as an offensive play caller, as a head coach. And it was Jimbo Fisher with Jameis Winston. And that just happened to be like one of the three or four most talented college football teams ever yeah. uh, in a pretty weak year. Like it's happened one time. You cannot win a title as offensive play caller. It does not work. You can't do it. Especially this. He's not, he was never that good at it in the first place. Like it was yeah. never like he had a brilliant feel for the game. He just had an awesome offense and great talent around him. Like he had a great offensive scheme and design and he still could yeah. do that, but he I, has no feel for the game. dude. I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Outs. That's it. Multiple meltdowns. Yeah. Like how many times do they, do they have delay of games because he doesn't realize what the game situation is because he's trying to look at the clock and call the play and do this Y and Z. And they just run a play in last second. They get delay of game or they get a false start because they get fucked up. It just happens all the time. He never lets CJ do anything. There's everything's a check with me. It's going to get grim. If they get smoked by Georgia and they just promote from within, if they make that official, whoo. They're going nine and three next year. Dude. My, it's it's going to be like stolen in the last days. <laughs> my my thing my thing is I I do think like I do think that he is a good offensive mind, and I think that it's easy to convince like recruits and stuff like that. And like I do believe in rooms and when he's he's actually like creating an offense and stuff like that from talking to him and stuff like that. I I I don't agree with you like to to that extent that he's not a good or smart offensive mind. I like I I think that he is. I think that yeah. it is impossible is a regardless of how good he is to successfully call plays. I, I just I just don't think that he can do it. I don't think that it's possible for anyone to do it. Um just as yeah, as as you pointed out, like for me it's not even like a oh you're bad at calling plays. It's like it doesn't matter if he's the best play caller in the world. Like it's just too much to ask. It like you can't manage a game, you can't get a feel for your team, you can't like on some level, like you could even be more effective calling the plays from the box and actually seeing what the defense looks like, but he can't do that when he's on the sideline. Like there are just so many limitations to um, what he's trying to do that would be solved if he would just give the keys over to somebody else, you know? And and if you're, it, it goes but one of two ways too. Like if you're going to call plays, be a play caller, have somebody else yep. serve as the de facto head coach on the sidelines, you know, like, that sounds insane and he's never going to do that either because that's even more of an ego hit. Like who, who else is going to be the head coach beside the head coach of the team. But like, if you're going to call plays, go sit up in the booth and have someone else worry about shit, like disciplining players on the sideline or yelling at some, you know, like have a strength coach do it, have McMurati do it. You know, I, I don't know. Um, that, that gets into other things too, but it's just like, I do not think it's possible to call plays at an elite level. And I, I do think that his offenses ran at least my biggest beef. We're, we're going to get into too much of like why the offense sucks here. We've talked about it a lot. My biggest beef is that lately the offense hasn't had an identity. It's felt like a grab bag of plays. Like you're just like choosing a play mm-hmm. and hoping it's working. You're not trying to do anything with your play calling. And yep. the I, I don't think that that was an issue back in 2016 or 2017 or 2018 when Ryan Day was just the play caller. So I do think he has that in him. It's just, it's very hard to be a head coach and call plays, as you mentioned. I just I just don't yeah. think it's possible to do it in the long run. And even if, like, even if the answer is we're going to promote Fry and Hartline to co-OCs, I don't think the answer is, hey, we're at Ohio State and I'm going to replace myself with a first-time play caller who's never done the job before. Like, yeah, that true. to me isn't better, by the way, too. Like, I want to point that out. Like, the answer is... Go from outside, bring in the best fucking guy in the country who knows your philosophy and go get him. Yep. Like, that's what you should do. Like, you, you don't settle here. Like, there's just so many things they settle on and they accept as the permissible. It's the whole standards thing, dude. It's just like, 
and we can theorize all this. And I agree with everything we're saying. I think we're all simpatico one, right? All three of us are on the same page with this shit. Let me ask you guys this. Do you have any faith he's going to make any of the changes we're talking about? Not now. Maybe if they get smoked, like if it's just a completely embarrassing, like if they just get railroaded, I could see maybe Gene Smith comes in and says something, but if they get railroaded, they're going to have to change. There's no way they could get away with promoting from putting a performance like that on tape and then trying to just promote from within. I think it's coming. People are saying the vibes are bad right now. Like everyone's like, oh, the Ohio State fan base is miserable. Dude, if guess how it's going to be out, after the it's season. Gonna be to- it's going to be toxic yeah. the moment they go three and out. <laughs> yeah. Like, you think it's bad now. If they get if they get 2016 yeah. Clemson or something comparable, like, if they get if they get whooped, yeah. brother, oh. it is. And people will complain about us, but at least we're funny. Wait until, <laughs> wait, wait until the message board class pulls around. You know, they're going to yeah. be like, do <laughs> you think that's going to be funny? Oh, my God. They're going to be painting us with a broad brush. Man, like they're the, they're the least funniest people in the world, and it's gonna be so toxic. And it's gonna be, and then you know they're gonna have their smarmy little comments, and then we're just oh, I'm I'm the same way. I've been taking pod, I've been quote tweeting national writers like that's not what they want, just to just further the algorithm and get more engagement from them. Like, yeah, oh. dude, I'm I'm like I, I was talking to uh, I forget who I was talking with, one of my friends. I really don't think I've had fun watching this team since 2019. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I also think, like, I briefly liked Ryan. Yeah, I guess that was cool. Like, for one off, sure. I don't think I've really, like, loved who my program had as a head coach since the start of the 2015 season at Ohio State. Yeah, like, I was fully – like, at the time, I was brainwashed Urban. Oh, man, I didn't give a fuck about the off-field shit. I didn't care about any of that. I was a fully brainwashed Urban disciple in 2015. I will have – I will admit that. Oh, I yeah, turned on sure. him pretty fast, but I definitely was at that point in time. Now, man, like – like, that's the last time I really loved the program of coach I was rooting for. It's fucking – it's been miserable lately. Yeah, it's I mean, been I was, really not fun. I was fine with – I was fine with Ryan Day, but – and it's not like it was a bomb. You know, I mean, if he goes out 45 and five or 45 and six, whatever it is, like if he goes out like that, it's, fine. it's not like it was like a terrible situation. He didn't leave it in sanctions. Like he left it worse than he found it. But I mean, there's still talented. There's still something to work with at least. Yeah, I think I think I think the thing is, and probably we'll, we'll close here sometime soon. I think the thing for me is, all of this to say, Ryan Day has a golden opportunity to shut us all up and change the entire narrative around yeah. him. If he goes out and stuffs Georgia in a trash can and then beats Michigan for a national title, if he does that, yeah. then magically he, yeah. all of this conversation goes away and he's a king again. And yep. like we might not like it. And to be clear, we'll still trash him. <laughs> like that's that's, yeah. that's the way this works. But he has two games that he can entirely switch the narrative. He can, you know, what really fixes locker room problems, winning, winning a game yeah. that, that, that winning a national title, suddenly the locker room is going to start to feel real good. Um, the vibes mm-hmm. are going to start to feel but real good. It could happen. Be, Anybody saying we can't beat Georgia. No, I don't, I don't agree with, I'm not they saying can. it's probable or anything. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but based on the talent in the room, if they are able to have some sort of come to Jesus meeting and, 
they have they put together a good game plan like there isn't it is entirely possible and i think that more than anything is why ryan day should be face a lot more criticism than he's going to face after this game if it doesn't go well because they have a team capable of winning a national title they have probably the most talented team across the board that they've had since that 2019 that he inherited these are the best recruits that ryan day's had this is his team and this is a team that was set to compete for a national title so they have all of their goals in front of them they are going to play the team that they had circled that they thought they were going to play for a national title and then have a chance to avenge after that game with the rival that they lost to two weeks ago. He has a chance to completely rewrite everything that everybody's saying about him right now. So you can't get up for that. Don't even get on the fucking plane, man. Yeah. And the the, the only thing. Save me the New Year's Eve, man. I don't even like New Year's Eve. I just, I want to go to bed at 10 and y'all jokers are keeping me up. So shut me up. Yep. You're going to let, me, gonna let the, me come into your house and take your lunch? Come on now, man. <laughs> because the only thing, literally the only thing that is between him and doing that is himself. Like, Georgia's a damn good football team. That's that's true. They also have Todd Munkin as their own seat. They also have a bunch of brand-new starters to deal on. They've been banged up. They give up 500 passing yards to LSU. Like, that offense sucks. It's a terrible offense. And you, like, get up, yeah. you get up on them. Yep. Yeah, because we, I mean, we know you're not going to play from behind. So, look, you come out there with a good game plan. You jump on this team. You show something. And then you finish everything. You get up and you finish them. Yeah, it's all in front of you, dude. All you have to do is look within your fucking self and, and just, like, find the answers. Because they're there, brother. Like, yeah. they're there. They're at Raves in Argentina. <laughs> so, Man. I think uh, all, that to say, all that to say is, all of that was valid, but he has a chance to rewrite it. And we are going to talk a lot more about the game, a lot more about if Ohio State has a schematic chance. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the scheme. We'll Actually, really quick, let, let, Kevin, before, we, before, before, we, before we get out of here, before we get out of here, I want to issue one more edict. If okay. you are one of our, our friends <laughs> who writes about Ohio State for a living, and you listen to this podcast, and there's quite a few of you who, who are our pals and do this for have, a job, have written or have Ohio State for a living. Yes, or have it for Ohio State for a living, and still have a large following of Ohio State fans. It is your duty as a human being, as a Buckeye, as someone who's just around this program. What's the if you just want your own, if you want your own personal working life to be less miserable, if he gets blown out, you got to start calling publicly for Ryan Day to be fired. It is on you. Like if you don't want this to go on for two more seasons, because it's gonna, it's gonna happen. There's one way to sense. I promise you, there's one way to sense. If you want it to end faster and get this whole thing over with the way we do, it's on you. You got to start calling for his head. It's your job. He sucks at it. Call for his job. It's on you. Yeah, we got to start hurting the hogs. Be the change you want to see in the world, dude. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, we're going to start individually. Look, I mean, DJ, you host the podcast with Ramsey. You think we're not going to be on his ass? We're, we're going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to be calling for a sit down of the five families of the Ohio State Beach. <laughs> start getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm think called, we'll be. I don't think we'll be invited to that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting. We're getting Mark Bueller at a table. We're getting Dave Bitto at a table. We're getting Ramsey and Israel at a table. We're getting who else is up there? We're getting uh, Bale Landis is coming down to the table. With Sam, us. We're, we're, we're getting, getting Sam Block. We're getting Sam, Sam Block. Block. He's, if Sam Block Sam, comes <laughs> on you, you just gotta you gotta hang it up. Sam Block is the Fredo of the Buckeye Crime Family. <laughs> yep, Fredo. <laughs> Shit, he's the Godfather, dude. 
I will say I tweeted this before too, but it bums me out that everyone else, like including Michigan fans, found his account. Like when yeah. me and Patrick initially found him, I know he did 11W shit going on too, but like we felt like we were the first guys to, um, like we were the first guys to discover him. He it felt like discovering an undiscovered tribe. Like a guy who still tweets like that in 2022, so that good. is a rare resource, dude. Like you can't overlook that. And the fact you guys so, are all still quote tweeting him, leave him alone. Like let him do his shit. Let him it's cook. perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let him cook. Fun, funny screenshot. Thing, don't just don't quote tweet. Just screenshot. He's doing good for it. Like you need. He's out there protecting our flank. Doing, <laughs> doing God's work. You Look, know I'm, what I mean? He's out there tilling, doing God's work, protecting our. He's flight. tilling dirt. He is tilling dirt. He's planting seeds. The funny, funniest part. I don't know if I've told this on air yet. I'm pretty sure I've told you guys. I accidentally got him fired at Letterman Row. Um, <laughs> what? What, what, ha- what happened? I know the story. Yeah. What happened was I was. Um, if you guys remember. I did the Buckeye fan takes video where I would go set up like there's a camera guy that waited for me outside of uh, the stadium after games. And I would just grab random fans and like ask them their takes about the game they just saw. And they were always great, whatever. But one time when Sam Block was an intern for Letterman Row, he showed up and like had this awesome like, I mean, you know him. He he, he was basically the interview was basically his Twitter account where he just like went off for like 10 minutes, like just going on like it was a great interview i'm sure i can find the video i think it was after oklahoma maybe i don't remember but letterman Rowe found the video of him we should clip it in Kevin. If, you, if you can find it you should clip it in right here okay what's your name sam block sam block great to have you here what are your first impressions on the game today big win ohio state dominated from start to finish it was great to see haskins looked phenomenal 49-6, obviously haskins played a great game where do you think he ranks among overall quarterbacks in ohio state history wow well, honestly, the way he's performing right now, he's on pace for top five. We got some legends here, though, so right now it'll go about seven. Seven, seven. And how do you feel about ESPN not even putting him in the top three for the Heisman candidacy? Oh, that's ridiculous. I'm looking for ESPN to give him some respect. This man deserves it right this second. Do you think he'll break JT's overall touchdown record? I don't know about that. I think he's going to go pro after this year. He's looking so good. But we have Tate Martell waiting in the wings. We're set. You think he's going to be a first-rounder next year if he goes to the draft? I think he's going to be a first-rounder. His size is excellent. He can throw the ball deep. I like him a lot. Cool. Any final any final thoughts for the fans out there? We are going to throttle Penn State next week. Let's go, Bucks, baby! But Letterman Rowe found the post and fired him for it because he was giving content to a different site. And, like, he got fired as an intern at Letterman Rowe for coming on my fan takes video. And that's one of the funniest dude, he, things. He I've loves heard. the game. Like, you know, he just loves that game, dude. He is he is just willing to go all yep. way. It's great. He just loves the Bucks. He loves to talk about the Bucks. He didn't even think he was doing anything I mean, wrong. What was Letterman Rowe paying him anyway? Probably nothing. So it was like, just the principle. Yeah, oh, my. So, yeah, it, it was a weak move. Weak move. But um, that's that's what happened. So I will, I will find that video and I'll clip it in. And uh, Should we hire Sam Block? I'm yes. not against it. Yes. Honestly, dude, next year when we so... when we get into video, yeah, absolutely. That would be so mean if we actually like. Why? I don't know if we had him on for a we second. We need him on our flank, brother. Dude, he'd be a YouTube sensation. Are you kidding me? Can, right, you, can, can you imagine what it'd be like? I mean, look. Obviously, I know I am insane. I will readily admit the way I view football is unhealthy and insane. 
if you combined my insanity with Sam Block's kind of, like the totally different brands of insanity, uh, we did a podcast together or something on YouTube. Can you imagine what that would be like? Like it'd be like like fucking people speaking two different languages, dude. It'd be awesome. It, it's like it's, it's like, like on, it's like I landed on Plymouth Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm in. I'm in. So, all right. Well. Yeah, that's that's the podcast. Uh, well, next time, next time, <laughs> next time, Sam Block will be here, I guess. So, we'll tune in for that. All right, I'm gonna go eat tacos, man. Go Bucks! You gotta sign us out first. Yep. Go Bucks! Michigan sucks, and help is on the way.